listening to a download from the outdoorstation.co.uk. Number four, three, seven. Hello and welcome back to the Outdoor Station and part four of this eight-part series which covers my April 2017 120-mile walk on Devon's coast-to-coast path. Known as the Two Moors Way, it starts at Wembury on the south coast, goes across Dartmoor and Exmoor to finish at Lynmouth in the north. So far in parts one to three, you will have heard The Journey Unfold and an interview with Sue Vickers, author of the Cicerone Press guide which covers the Two Moors Way, which I was using for my reference. If you visit the Outdoor Station website, you'll find more information, photographs, links and soon a video which will tell you more about this wonderful part of the world and some of the remote villages and places often missed by many in their hurry to get to the well-known coastal holiday havens dotted around Devon and Cornwall. My intention on this tarp and bivy lightweight trip was to wild camp where possible, but as you'll hear, this proves to be an ongoing challenge. However, let's pick up early in the morning on Chagford Common on Dartmoor after a wild camp and a good night's sleep. Well, good morning. It is Friday morning? Yeah, I think it's Friday morning. And I had a relatively good night. The weather was, wasn't was as chilly as the previous night, which was great. So I was toasty. The rain came in for, I don't know how long, because I fell asleep, but the rain came in for a bit. But it was a calm night otherwise, and uh, a reasonable a reasonable night's sleep. So I'm up, uh, packed and sorted, and literally just looking around the site to make sure I haven't left anything behind, as one does. It's just turned seven o'clock, and I'm about to head down towards Yardworthy Farm, which is, well, the farm that's just on the edge of the of the Dartmoor mapping section. Not too sure how far I get today. If I start steady and go to steady pace and everything's okay, I may cover the whole 30-mile distance to Exmoor, I don't know, and that may be pushing it a bit. Uh, I'm sort of open at the moment to what my camping options will be during this part, whether it's a stealth camp or a permission camp or it's a campsite even, I don't know. It depends what we find, and there isn't an awful lot shown on the map, to be honest, so we will see. Anyway, I see a pony, a Dartmoor pony in the distance that's rollicking around with its foal, which is lovely to see. I heard them calling a bit earlier on, which was uh, which was a wake-up call. But weather-wise, there's a little bit of rain in the air, cloud is low, there might be some showers today, I think, my gut feeling would be. Certainly there's no blue sky to be seen, so it's a grey, dull, overcast day, but not dark, if you know what I mean. So... I'm anticipating showers, so consequently I've got all my wet weather gear on anyway because I'm trying to keep warm. And uh, I've just checked the map, and yeah, it looks like it's going to be a day of footpaths and foot signs and trying to follow the guide uh, and try not to get misplaced uh, in different places. But I'm told it's well signposted, at least that's what the guide said. So we will put that to the test. I'll catch you later. 
You know, while I walk along these farm tracks and farm lanes and footpaths and bridleways, I must wax lyrical about some of the things that I'm passing. Some of the properties are very nice, thank you very much. And they're more akin to, uh, well, uh, Normandy or Brittany, their style of construction. And a few times I've sort of glanced up thinking, gosh, I could be in France. And I'm currently walking along yet another walled road, or walled lane, and it's all dry stone walling. It's obviously been there for, what, 100 years? And it's covered in copious amounts of moss and ivy and uh, wild flowers. They're sort of piecing, piecing it all together. And you can see, I mean, God, look at that stone there. It's like a millstone. So what's that? The millstone would be seven, eight foot across, virtually circular, and that's just one stone that is on the side of this road, this track. Phenomenal. I mean, that must weigh, well, after that trip to Avebury, rough guesstimate, 30 tonnes, 20 tonnes, something like that. How do they put that there? And this dry stone walling just goes on for miles and miles and miles. Ferns coming out of it ivy coming out of it it's so attractive and obviously if you ever meet anything on a vehicle it doesn't take any prisoners but there's there's i'm just passing hawthorn trees and hazel trees which were obviously just little sprigs many many years ago and they've grown into a big gnarled trunk i'm looking at one now what's that uh, that's an oak tree an oak tree and it's grown out of the wall and because of the traffic that's passed it all these times it's worn it down onto one side but the oak trees continued to grow and at the top of the wall it is four foot across five foot across and obviously goes up and then spans over the top of this path but what character what character imagine all sorts of interesting things living in these hedgerows but it really is a thing of beauty, magnificent. And even though the morning's an overcast morning, there's no sunshine, this lane looks so attractive. Bluebells, more hazel. It's like, if you can imagine the roots of a tree have grown downwards and then outwards across the wall, into the wall, and then up. So it looks like, it looks like a giant hand has scooped underneath some massive stones and then all the fingers of sort of tendrils have shot up creates a wonderful picture and again all hazel who knows how long but wow what a wonderful 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 look I must take a picture of that actually I'll put that on the website and that oak tree amazing uh, it's just before 12 o'clock and I thought I'd take a five-minute breather. Uh, I'm at Castle... Well, I was going to say Castle Drago, but it's Castle Drogo. Games of Thrones fans will understand that. Had a uh, good start so far. Everything's been going well. Weather's cool and overcast, but nothing dramatic. I spoke to... A, I found somebody. I spoke to somebody about weather forecast. Apparently tomorrow's going to be awesome. Sunday is going to be a bit iffy, and Monday isn't going to be too bad at all which is when I hope to be pretty close to the finish, really. So that sounds good. I've caught the weather well. 
set off from Dartmoor and Chagford Common this morning at 7 o'clock. Uh, made my way past Chagford to Dogmarsh Bridge, which is on the A382. And there's a hotel there called the Mill Inn, I think it is, or Mill House Hotel. Anyway, very nice, as mentioned in the Michelin Guide. So this grubby backpacker walked in and asked for a cup of tea. And some breakfast. But I just missed 10 o'clock and brilliant breakfast had finished being served, sir. But uh, the lady was very welcoming, actually, and uh, she gave me a pot of tea and some croissants and I was allowed to attack the breakfast buffet, uh, which was just fresh fruit and yoghurt and that sort of stuff, which actually was made... was just really nice. Really missed it. It's only been a few days. So fresh fruit was good. Out of there came to Hunter's Tour and then Castle Drogo, and I'm now about to head across Biddledown Common, I thought I'd mention that and give people a little bit of a giggle, to Drewstainton Village, really, Drewstainton, where there appears to be a pub and a post office and a few other things. So I'm going to skip the pub because that's far too much of a temptation. I want to crack on today, but I will call in and get some munchies and see what I can pick up. I might actually pick up a sandwich or two, you never know. And that will keep me going nicely as I plod cross-country. There's some lovely village names. Drewstington, Winscombe, Hittersley, Colebrook, aiming to get to Down St Mary area tonight if I can, which is a fair trek. That's almost one length of this long map, which would be good going if I can get there. But as I say, things are good, weather's good, I'm feeling pretty bright. Perhaps an occasional stop for some munches and a few bits and bobs, but otherwise, apart from this next village, there's nothing I can see on the map that indicates indicates any sort of centre of community at all. So I better top up at Drew Stington. Drew Stington, isn't Stainton? Drew Stainton. Uh, Drew Stainton, and um, yeah, that's going to have to f- uh, work for the rest of the day. And then that's map number one finished. Right, that's my rest over. Anything else I was going to mention? It is bank holiday weekend this weekend, don't forget. So hopefully I will be seeing a few more people well, from now onwards, really. I've seen a few um, Dutch tourists who have just walked past on the path. But apart from that, nobody to speak to. OK, so I'll catch you later. Podcasting around the world. It's all about getting out and having much more fun. This is the Outdoor Station. and I've just left Hittersley Church uh, with the wonderful Hittersley wedding venue next door which is a sort of barn conversion which has been done very nice and I was just talking to a guy who's doing some decorating in the church and said yeah, very popular for I think upmarket weddings shall we say but what a wonderful venue, absolutely beautiful and so romantic too down these lovely leafy lanes And while I was munching on my apple and remnants of uh, flapjack that I bought from the the pub on the moors yesterday, which seems to be nothing but sugar, so in some respects it's a real boost. Other other respects it's like, uh I've been wondering whether I've approached this the right way in some respects. From a cooking, I was talking about the cooking point of view. Because currently I'm obviously carrying a wood-burning stove 
and pan and you know basically accessories and romantically I thought as always as the weather was a bit brighter at home oh what's that pheasant startled as the weather was a bit brighter at home that obviously it'd be a few degrees warmer down here which in some respects it has been and on the first day or couple of days when I mentioned the sunshine and how nice it was it was almost warm enough to sit in the sunshine and perhaps boil water to make a brew or you know have some food but since then that cold wind that I've mentioned has been fairly consistent and to be fair it's still there today but it's it's definitely not as cold it does make me wonder of the sense of doing it so currently I'm carrying that bag full of dried sticks that I picked up yesterday so I've carried that for almost 24 hours and not used it I'm also carrying two litres of water which somebody gave me a day or so ago so that's two uh, kilograms I've got a small bottle as well so that's half a half a litre so that's two and a half k although I've just topped up the small one from the big ones as well in the in the thought that I would actually be doing some some cooking or have time to do some cooking it's the timing aspect really I feel like I need to push on which is very much solo backpacking doing the TGO challenge type of thing if you're on your own you just push on and push on and push on it takes a lot of discipline self-discipline to stop and well relax and enjoy and last night I was really glad that I found my pitch at six o'clock I was in in my bivy bag by half past six and it was great I slept virtually slept through till 6 30 this morning so and that was really restorative that that really did help a lot of the aches and pains and the tired feeling so I set off today in good good stead but I do wonder for the amount of cooking that I've been doing or thinking that I would be doing that actually a little gas burner and a couple of small gas containers and the small something like the Avenue solo set that I've always raved about with a little mug at the bottom would have actually been more practical because today it is almost warm enough to sit and and do something but quickly just firing up the gas cylinder and boiling enough water for a brew I think would be more attractive it would also take up less space in the pack because the pan that I've got or I've chosen is a 1300ml pan and I don't need 1300ml it's just that, that the stove fits in that very nicely thank you uh, along with a few other bits and bobs and if you don't have that one then I think it's the Tokes 1100ml pot it fits in nicely but either, either way it's, you know, it's a litre pot when I don't really need a litre so I've got five days worth of dehydrated food I've had two of the meals when I stayed in the shepherd's hut the other night so I used their um, facility and, and pan and gas today, tonight I don't know where I'm going to end up tonight and how stealth it will be or even if I see a campsite if, I mean I may use that, I don't know so there's part of me that wants to get sorted by six-ish but of course it's still bright daylight so you can't really be hidden by six you sort of have to hover hover about if you found a space and because 
we are walking through well-trodden agricultural area there is a lot of agricultural traffic and people walking the dogs so do I then keep walking until it gets dark dark and do a Ronald Turnbull and just roll out the sleeping bag roll out the bivy bag and clamber in and that has a certain appeal just to keep moving on but I don't have time to or I don't well I wouldn't have the facility not the facility I wouldn't have the opportunity to cook and one of the meals unless of course I stopped mid-afternoon today and it was just still warm enough to actually sit still and, and do it. Because it's going to take, what, 20 minutes? Get the stove going. It won't take very long to get the fire going and get the pan on. I've got the water, put the food in, bring it to the boil, put it in the pot cosy, leave it for 10 or 15 minutes, perhaps bring it back to the boil again. With another 5 minutes, 5, 10 minutes, I'll be eating. But then I've got a pan that needs cleaning out. So do you see what I mean? I'd sort of... There's part of me carrying, as I say, two and a half kilos of water, although, to mention just the water alone, I've not seen anybody, shall we say, at the kitchen window or any of the uh, houses that I've passed that I could say, would you mind, could I have? The Where I got the water from was from a shop... Or unless I go to a pub, I think I topped up in a pub as well. And as regards the streams, and today there haven't been that many. I've crossed quite a few streams, but all very lowland agricultural runoff streams. And yes, I've got the filter, so I could have stopped and decanted water. But it takes time. So as I've been yomping along today, I've just been trying to find the balance in my head. But the last village was lovely, uh, the name of which suddenly escapes me. But I called in there and called into the shop, and basically that's the last place now before... I don't think there's any more on, on this map. It's the next map before there's any, any sort of community that might have a, um, a shop. So Sue's quite right. This area is in desperate need of you know camping facilities or services that will let people know that they are available i know some of the bed and breakfasts that she's was talking about will actually offer to pick you up and drop you off where you started and all that sort of thing which is good and then some of them are traveling up to sort of like seven or ten miles to do it around these little back lanes that's quite a distance Now this section of I'm doing at the moment after the church is a fair amount of road walking by the looks of it, about 2 or 3k road walking before we get back off onto the path again. So those are the times that usually these things hit you and you start to think, how can I have done this better? I think possibly I could have done this better with a small, smaller gas cooking setup. I'm not a great fan of pre-prepared freeze-dried foods I'd rather dehydrate my own which brings with it its own challenges but even even so the the advantage of freeze-dried as far as I can see simple advantage of freeze-dried food is the fact 
that you eat it out of the packet. The disadvantage is you've got so much blooming rubbish to carry around with you. So I don't like all the packaging when you go on the trip and I don't like carrying the empty packaging out. Whereas with your own dehydrated, it's just into a very light plastic bag which are less bulky and certainly less messy. I don't know if there's a, an answer to that a question really. I just thought I'd pass the time and, and discuss it with you. As, as I say, the weather has been on my side for this trip. I think it's probably going to be my side for most of this trip actually, which is great. I imagine if it had been worse. Say it had been, you know, occasional heavy showers, water roofs on and off, you're certainly not going to want to stop there, especially with that cold chill. And that's when a wood stove, romantic as it is, sometimes is a bit impractical. I remember being fascinated when I met Colin Ibbotson for the first time on the TGO Challenge and he was using a scarp, uh, no it wasn't a scarp, it was a single skin Henry Shires tent and he was using Fritz's bush buddy which is what the, uh, the solo stove is based upon. And here, on the TGO Challenge, that's quite, quite something. Because he had to be very, very careful where he was camping. And I used to watch him wander up and down the streams, looking for fuel before he could cook his meal. And there are places on the TGO where you think it's going to be plenty of fuel and lots of easy camping, and it never works out that way. They all come with their own little challenges. Personally I love cooking on it, uh, any of the wood burning stoves, but it's definitely something you want to be warmer evening or a warmer time so that you can actually sit and enjoy cooking over the fire. Whereas with a, a gas stove or possibly even a little alcohol stove, you know if you've got a tent there you can open the doorway, fire it up and you can still be lying in your sleeping bag while it boils your water for your brew or whatever. So these are the dilemmas that go through one's mind when one is wandering down the two moors way. I'm sure there's lots of other interesting things, but just thought I'd share those with you. And as I say, I have no idea where I'm going to end up tonight or where I'm going to sleep, which is also playing on my mind a bit. But we'll have to wait and see. Although it was a good day's walking, it was a long 34 kilometer day, some 21 miles. As you heard, I was getting despondent at the lack of wild camping options as the evening drew closer. However, the day was saved by the warm welcome I received at the Devonshire Dumpling, the pub at Mortchard Road next to the railway station. Their good cheer, lovely food and liquid refreshment really lifted my spirits. They also pointed me in the right direction to the basic campsite at the local course fishing ponds, literally just five minutes away. Once I knew where I was sleeping that night, I could finally relax. And so I pitched my tarp on an empty field and waited for someone to come and collect payment. Well, it's a late one for me, 830 and I finally rocked up at, well, I got past down St. Mary, where I was aiming to go, and came to the village of Morchard Road. Uh, I'd heard there was a campsite, which there is, 
loosely <laughs> loosely described. Anyway, I called into the local pub, had a meal and, and topped up, etc. And I phoned about uh, Ellenbrook Farm. It's a difficult one because there's several Ellenbrooks apparently. But anyway, uh, it's a fishing place. They've got, uh, obviously, coarse fishing they do here. And uh, as you can tell, it's close to the road. But it's got everything you need. It's got a portaloo and it's got water and that's it. But the guy's just come and taken the money and he said, well, if it gets too cold tonight, come up and see me. He's got an office I can sleep in or something, which is really nice of him, I thought. But it's been a very, very, very long day. I've done one length of this footpath series map in one day. So I'm reckoning it's around 20, 25 miles. Uh, Well, it certainly feels that way anyway. But I'm now on map two and I'm just trying to time it so that I get to Lynmouth Wednesday a.m., as it were because I'm booked into accommodation for that evening. And actually, now I've overshot myself in some respects. What I did do tonight while I was in the pub, I did use the Wi-Fi, and I booked a some accommodation at a farm camping place, which, again, it, it, well, not closed down, but they said, oh, we don't do it anymore. But basically, it sounds like the Two Moors Way has just run out of steam, and I think this whole relaunch is going to be good for... Uh, a lot of the smaller businesses and also gives them enthusiasm to proceed and put more accommodation on. In fact, I just told the guy now uh, that this area is, there's a dearth of accommodation. uh, So he's going to make sure he's on the website. So it's all good. It's all good. So I've got tonight sorted wild camping. Let's just touch on that for a second. I looked everywhere on the way here. And the land is really seriously cultivated. Common land, it's sort of, well, sort of fair game in some respects. But when it's somebody's backyard, you know, when they own the field or whatever, I feel a little bit guilty about sort of trying to to use it. But virtually, I think every field I went through was, was either cattle, sheep or planted barley. And there's a couple of farms getting close to here that are really commercial. Contract farmers by the looks of it. And they've got a big system going. And there was just no chance. There was one little wood I thought there was a possibility, but the floor was just covered with brambles and hawthorn, which isn't conducive to neo-airs. So I decided to knock that on the head and pursue on. But I'm glad I did in the end. I was getting a bit concerned and it was I was tired. I was, was six o'clock really before I stopped walking. So that was a, another 11-hour day. And I've done some fair miles. So I think the, the the idea of doing it while camping all the way is unrealistic. But hopefully, if you're listening to this and you're interested in doing it, it's opened your eyes that a little bit of research beforehand uh, and to look for a few of these sort of farm places or smaller camping places will be just as good. And if nothing else, it's just nice to know you've got something sorted rather than trying to find somewhere to to wild camp particularly if there's more than one of you and you know you, you it's sort of a, a much larger profile than i'm doing in fact the guy turned up and said that's not going to cover you that's not a tent and because i've got it pitched in the sort of cave setup at the moment so only half of me is covered the rest of it is sticking out but i really don't care tonight i think i'm going to sleep all right the only unfortunate thing is i've got the <laughs> i've got two roads going past the field and i've got uh, a railway line going across the bottom of the field and i've got fishermen turning up tomorrow morning at seven o'clock but hey who cares so that brings day what are we it's friday tuesday wednesday thursday friday four day four to an end 
And it's the bank holiday weekend, so yeah, let's see what tomorrow brings with people and the two moors way. I slept well again that night, partly due to the distance walked, but also from the 741 metres ascent and almost 1,000 metres descent. This turned out to be the longest day in the actual trip, but as a result it meant that my timing for finishing had altered quite dramatically. But more of that next time. If you do have time to visit the outdoorstation.co.uk website, please drop me a line or leave some feedback on this series. It's always appreciated and good to know that you're enjoying it. So, until next time, folks, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To hear or see more from our extensive free library, please visit theoutdoorsstation.co.uk. Thank you.